five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to a bonus episode of the Race at Pwn podcast, your premier podcast covering the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans, and today, the entire Overwatch League. That's right. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually by Jordan at Sir Dr. Jan, the host of the One Man Watchpoint, which if you happen to listen to the last episode, it was a half episode. Why? Because he's fighting through the flu, but that didn't stop him from joining me today. Welcome, Jordan. Thank you so much. You know, I, I kind of actually, thinking this through, feel bad because Omni wasn't able to join us last week and we had sort of made comments about him choosing family over friends and it was Valentine's day and all. Um, he was in a relationship, uh, it just happened to be unfortunately due to the flu. He's better now, but he's having to work, which is why he's not here. So that meant no disrespect to Omni, although he's probably going to come in guns blazing on on a regular show next week with the, with my comment there, huh? Well, I mean, speak for yourself. I meant tons of disrespect to him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you're so cruel. But uh, we need absolutely all the respect uh, for our upcoming guest, uh, Sean Miller, head of the Overwatch League. He'll be, he'll be tapping in shortly. Uh, we're just uh, waiting upon his arrival, but uh, he's joining us just like he did last season. Talk a little bit about uh, the upcoming season, uh, what we can expect. We're going to ask him some, some questions. We've got one here that uh, we want to know a little bit more about, specifically with the relocation of franchises, including uh, one to where there was already a team present. Uh, we want to talk to him about how the Netties partnership ending has complicated his life. And as well, you know, this season is different. So, you know, I think you're going to get quite a bit uh, from this. And hopefully uh, he is as candid as he was uh, when he last joined us. Yes, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll thank him during the interview, but, uh, but very exciting that we uh, are getting this opportunity again. Moving the payload. Join me. So we're pleased to be joined by not just a guest, but because it's the second time he's been on the show, now a friend of the show, we've got Sean Miller, the head of the Overwatch League, joining us again to tell us everything there is that we need to know about the upcoming 2023 Overwatch League season. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Chris, Jordan, thanks so much for having me on. It's great to be back. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I reached out, uh, you know, a few weeks back and said, hey, we'd love to have you on. And I, I actually had sort of figured, oh, he's going to be pretty busy. He's, he's been in the kitchen. He's been cooking. I, I saw the community update. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, you had some time to to, to connect. And, and here you are. So uh, welcome back. And I did mention you are now officially a friend of a show. I mean, I would send you the badge um, that we would like to create for all of yeah, our friends. Yeah, some kind but- of certificate, maybe a bookmark or something. Yeah, yeah. A token, yeah, I'll just expect that in the mail. Uh, I, Sounds good. Sounds good. I'm still waiting on mine, so uh, you, you, I could see him <laughs> putting you first, you. but uh, we'll see. It's in the mail. Trust yeah, me. Sure. I, I wouldn't lie about this. <laughs> but uh, no, again, uh, welcome. So you know, I thought we'd uh, get underway. Uh, you know, straight off the the hip here, uh, we are. Um, yeah, you know, I'd say what a couple of months from the start of the official league season. And I, I, I use that maybe loosely because I know we have the Western Pro-Am that's going to be happening. Uh, well, I guess it, you know, the, it's sort of all started now as the, uh, uh, you know, on the East side, but you know, we are going to see quite frankly, uh, 
a different season. I mean, what went into the development from the grand final, which was phenomenal, uh, let me just say, to obviously, I mean, I don't know how to describe it any differently, a turbulent off season with a lot of moving parts to here we are looking at a season where we're going to see some of the tier two and tier three teams involved with the tier one uh, in Overwatch League. Yeah, I mean, that's really the marquee kind of thing to be excited about, right, with 2023 is that we're going to see more teams, more accessibility than we've ever seen before. And, you know, it's something we've wanted to do for a really long time. Like, I remember even back, you know, during my stint in uh, 2020 when we were designing the 2021 season. And uh, we, you know, we I went back and looked at some old materials that we had kind of thought through and we had actually created... Uh, and thought through a lot of like, what would the requirements be if we were to allow contenders teams to play against owl teams, like literally the same problem. So we've been, we've been thinking about it for years and wanting to do something like this. Um, and, and we thought, you know what, with a kind of this new era that Overwatch is in and a free to play world, it's a new game. Um, you know, I think especially in the East, uh, there's a real opportunity there uh, because of the fewer owl teams to mm-hmm. be able to spice up the competition, and and a, a very compelling argument that I think everybody resonated with as we kind of talked to different folks, both teams, you know, and, and inside Blizzard and across the league, um, that was you know a, a compelling reason. And, and so we thought in 2023, like let's let's do it, like let's let's just make the transition and. Um, you know, I, I'm excited about the prospects here. I'm excited that, you know, as we've been talking to some of the, the, the contenders teams, we've, we've spoken to quite a few in the East over the last month or so. And, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're getting their shot and they know it. And so I think mm-hmm. we're going to see some, um, some pretty awesome competition this year, honestly. Yeah. The, you know, introduction of, of this, uh, I mean, I want to say sort of, you know, open division. I mean, and there is truly in the East, the opportunity for, for open div to then turn into, uh, you know, uh, contenders play and potentially up to, to actual league league play. Um, you had mentioned there's sort of discussion amongst all the teams. And I understand the East, it is a different situation. A fewer number of Overwatch league teams present comparative to the West. But was there any discussion about having something similar, maybe on a smaller scale in the West? Or was it just a matter of, hey, here's what we have in front of us. Let's provide an opportunity, the pro-am, mm-hmm. um, while at the same time maybe looking to the future where we have this ability to, to, to truly play in? Yeah. So as we thought about parity, um, and, and frankly, like if you go the other way, we, we went through a process or kind of a time period of like, well, if, if there isn't complete parity in both regions, like how important is that? Mm-hmm. Um, is it okay that the East is a pretty much entirely different format than, than the West? Um, and if so, then like, how do we kind of justify it and move on? And I, I think what, where we kind of obviously where we landed was that, um, you know, it's a different time zone. They're, the fans, um, the, you know, different things matter to different fans across the world. Uh, and I think that's true across esports broadly. It's, um, and so we thought, you know, it's, 
we, we shouldn't feel bound. We are a global league, and I think that's what makes us special. Mm-hmm. But we also shouldn't feel bound that as a global league, we have to be the exact same across the globe either. Um, and, and so when we kind of like went through that, call it step one, the next step was then, well, how do we make sure that, you know, path to pro and players that aspire to be in the Overwatch League have opportunities no matter where they live? Um, and, and like, obviously where we ended up is the, the pro-am kind of coming to where it, it did, but it was both in the, the frame of like, well, how do we get as many opportunities with the pros as we can, uh, hence the pro-am, but then number two, how do we just foster an ecosystem in both regions mm-hmm. that is compelling and consistent and predictable and something that people want to play in and feel like they can like commit their lives to because these tier two, you know, the, the contenders players, um, you know, they, um, they, they have to give their lives up and uh, make a lot of sacrifices, right. To be able to, to build those skills and the connections and, and do what they need to do. And so, um, you know, we respect that. And I, I think as the community sees the rest of the path to pro plans that will be kind of rolled out throughout the rest of this year, they'll, they'll see that we kept that in mind. Awesome. Um, was this sort of a conversation that had started, like, as you had mentioned a few years back, or was it something that maybe came out of what was, you know, and I, again, I'm not trying to, to, to throw dirt here, but it was a turbulent off season. I mean, specifically mm-hmm. we saw the partnership between uh, Activision Blizzard and NetEase uh, come to an end and, and that's created, I would imagine challenges for the Overwatch league who has franchises based out of, out of China where now the, the game without getting into the, the technical side isn't, isn't available. Yeah. Asterisk, obviously, because <laughs> where there is a will, there has always been ways. Uh, was this something that came out of that? Or again, was it, as you mentioned, conversations that we've been having, it just happened to be the, the opportunity presented itself now. Yeah. I mean, it, it's um, like I said, it's, it, it was something that we've wanted to do for a long time. It was in some draft plans even before that. And so when the, you know, when the when the Netties news came, and um, frankly, the timing was such that it, it lended itself to enough time to pivot anyway, if we needed to. Mm-hmm. But we we had a lot of our plans like mostly baked by that point. You know, we knew we wanted to start in the spring, which we'll do in early spring. Like um, I I remember scrolling through kind of the the Reddit threads and. Everybody's like, oh, Owl's not going to start till June or July. And it's like, nah, we're, we're going to do early. <laughs> um, and um, and obviously you kind of just kind of hold your tongue until until the right moment until you can say something. But yeah, like, was it was it fun? Did we have to make some adjustments? Yeah, uh, no, then yes, we, we had to make some adjustments and it wasn't super fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, to, to kind of go through it, did I, uh, but, but did like, was was the foundation kind of there and did we have to, you know, do any major fire drills under the, other than some adjustments? Like, no, it was, it really wasn't, uh, I think, you know, as game changing as, as one might've thought when they read the headlines. Yeah. Um, you know, specifically with sort of the partnership with Netties obviously coming to an end and the, and the challenges it's, it's introduced. Um, how much sort of, runway did the league and teams have to this happening? Like, was this a, okay, we need to have a plan B 
um, if this were to turn out the way it ultimately did? Or was it, okay, hey, this is an interesting quirk. Let's wait and see. Yeah, so we, I mean, we worked through it all in real time with teams, and we we kept close contact with, and we continue to keep, it's not not past tense, we continue mm-hmm. to keep very close you know, contact with, with all of the China teams. And, and frankly, like it impacts every team in one shape or form. And, but it's like, you know, the ones that impacts the most are the Chinese teams, then the rest of the Asia teams, and then the rest of the kind of Western teams. And, and we just, we work really closely with them. Like, Hey, what's, what's the impact to your market? What do you think the impact to your business is? What about to your fans? And, you know, how can we work with you to come to a good solution that, you know, uh, makes it the best way you can participate in the league this year. And so those continues, continue, those conversations continue to happen and we're just working really closely with everybody to make sure that, you know, everything kind of get, gets launched as smoothly as possible. Yeah. Um, Jordan, I think you actually had a question specific to the movement of, of teams. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of thinking along those lines, I mean, obviously challenges in the East aside and everything, We've seen teams now move back and forth, um, you know, obviously NYXL uh, coming and mm-hmm. going, obviously the Los Angeles Valiant as well, um, who I think surprised everyone when they announced they were coming back to the West this coming season. I was kind of curious if you could give us a bit of a peek behind the curtain about how that happens. Is it, you know, solely a uh, organization decision? I'm sure they have to get approval, but uh, what do things kind of look like when, when an org is going through that? Yeah, so I'll tell you, like... 13 teams in the West in a given region is not an <laughs> ideal number to build a product around. <laughs> it's not like I would much rather have an even yeah, number. Yeah. Uh, and so if, if that tells you anything about, you know, the, the level of um, kind of um, influence that we, that we ultimately will enforce mm-hmm. uh, on where a team decides to play in a given season should be telling. I mean, we definitely have our preferences of the league, but at the end of the day, um, you know, a team's business and the way that they want to either experiment or build their fan base is, is, up, is ultimately up to mm-hmm. them. And, um, and so like, again, just like kind of the, you know, the, the Netties stuff that we were talking about, we'll work very closely with them. You know, we work closely with the Valiant on kind of, you know, what, what they felt like were the costs and benefits of coming back to, to the States from a business perspective, from a fan base perspective, from a, you know, what they're trying to do with the rest of their kind of broader immortals brand in their case. And a lot of times that, that does play into the kind of equation um, is that you know, most, most of the teams have other esports teams that they're trying to build a broader brand mm-hmm. around. And, and we recognize that and want to help them where we can. And so um Primarily, in short, primarily team-driven kind of decision, but um, we'll we'll work closely with them on implications at the league level, um, preferences, etc., and, and kind of come to a solution that way. Nice. And I guess to sort of springboard off that, I mean, one thing we are seeing this season is instead of a relocation of a franchise. Mm-hmm physically as opposed to name we're actually seeing full relocation uh, paris is now las vegas mm-hmm. uh, philadelphia is now a second team in seoul what was different about you know their decisions to completely 
switch region comparative to NYXL or, or LAV? Was it just more of the their individual organization's desire to focus on marketing and, and, and what have you? Or is there sort of a mathematical formula that comes into play where you as the league sort of step in and say, hey, here's an opportunity? Yeah, um, it's a good question. And obviously, I um, I don't want to kind of speak authoritatively here because uh, you know it was the team's decisions. They um, they're the ones that ultimately decide on like you know do I want to be Paris or Vegas, and mm-hmm. um, and then we we advise and support you know along the way. Um, but but I'd say there's there's no kind of like magic formula that we're uh, crunching behind the scenes in any way. It's it's much more of a um, conversation-driven discussion and maybe the teams have a magical formula that they're using that I don't know about, but like um, to, you know, to my knowledge and as far as, you know, our conversations go, it's what makes sense for their, again, for their kind of underlying business, number one, what makes sense for their fans and where they want to build their fan base. Um, Number two, uh, how do, how do they plan to kind of synergize Overwatch League team with the rest of their other esports properties uh, and teams, and so all of those things I think play a factor into the decision making process for each of these teams' leaders, and uh, and the league being another one of those factors. Like clearly, again, you know, we as a league would love to have at least one or two more teams in Asia to try to kind mm-hmm. of balance things out a little bit, but um, you know, uh, the teams need to do what's best for them as well. Certainly. And I, you know, I think Jordan had mentioned, like, it was a surprise to us. I think it was a surprise to many to see the Los Angeles Valiant come back to Los Angeles. Like, that wasn't the team that people saw moving. In fact, I think it was a bigger surprise with Philly, obviously, completely changing into the, the soul and in, infernal. Um, so, I mean, hypothetically we'll speaking. call it a fusion experience, kind of a, yeah. a bittersweet, but yeah, maybe that's yeah. a good thing for those. I mean, to give you a hypothetical scenario, let's say uh, Team RSP Gaming, which is totally a real thing, uh, ha- you know, we had a, a franchise. Could we, because we like Project Aloha so much, decide, hey, we're based out of Honolulu. Like, is that something that we could we could do? Just talk to you, say, hey, get the thumbs up. Or is it like, I mean, and I sort of ask this question because I know the conversations come up in the past that there can only be so many teams in this spot because this team owns those rights. Is there that level of complexity? You don't have to give the details, but like, yeah, a lot no, of I mean, for sure. So the uh, Overwatch League franchises do have, you know, a specific, that's why they have city based names. They have a, a city that they have certain rights over. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that, that plays a factor. The, he also just like the, the Honolulu is a really interesting one. Uh, you could play both regions, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but just like aside from that, you know, if let's just throw out like if a team in South Africa <laughs> wanted to like become an Overwatch League team, yeah, that that like great. But how's that gonna work? <laughs> uh, if there's nobody within a actual acceptable latency region, <laughs> or uh, and so like that needs to matter too. And I think, um, you know, that, um, when we kind of talk to talk to interested parties throughout the world, like that's a, that's a major one. I mean, how, how is it going to work? Where will your team be physically located so that you can great if you want to build your brand somewhere, but, but also like, how is it going to work? And, um, and I think a lot of people take kind of the operational side for granted sometimes that, 
Uh, we've, I think since 2020, we've figured out pretty darn good through cameras and software and other kind of like tools that we use to, to make sure that people are playing fairly. And, and it's like, you know, online competition works. Um, there, there, it still has its limits. So, um, we can, you know, only do so far. Yeah. Um, Jordan. Yes. I, I, I saw that you had a thought here. I, I, the keen eye you have. Um, I was just going to say, you mentioned Sean, other interested parties. Um, now obviously I am not going to ask you to share other interested parties, but do you have any other interesting locations that have maybe come up in the past as, uh, you know, hotbeds or, or areas that we could potentially see a team spring up one day. One day. Yeah, no, I, yeah, unfortunately can't speak too much to like, um, things that are going on behind the scenes there, but, uh, I just say that we're always open to that. Right. I mean, I think we as a league always have to be open to anybody that, that wants to come and, and build a brand and a team in the Overwatch league. And, uh, we'd be, we'd be, stupid not to frankly uh we have to make sure that we're we're always open to it and having those conversations because um you know uh, well why wouldn't we be <laughs> i guess so, so what you're saying is there is a chance that tmrsp gaming could be more than just a hypothetical i yeah saying there's a chance okay that's that's what, all I needed to hear. It's all line, I, needed I think. To hear. Yeah, you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. <laughs> I mean, it's going to require, uh, you know, I think to use the words of Ryan Reynolds in his acquisition of the Ottawa Senators NHL franchise, going to require someone with significantly deeper pockets than uh, movie money pockets. Podcast money pockets aren't even on the same stage as movie money, so like maybe maybe a few extra pockets. But hey, you're telling me there's a chance. Um. You know, we, we talked a little bit about uh, the the Grand Finals and how, again, if you as a listener did not watch that event, it was by far what I would have to say the best Grand Final hands down. And I mean, this is, this is coming from a podcast who had the opportunity to cheer on and support, you know, a team that we were really invested in, in a Grand Final. And this last one, you know, beat that quite, quite significantly. Obviously, I think he was... Uh, you know, head of the league would want to have this all the time. But one of the things that really contributed to it was the return to the, the live event, the, the LAN experience. And we know there's going to be, you know, two LAN events, the two tournaments, the midseason grand final. Will there be more than that? So, um, yeah, the way the season is structured this year, obviously, is not kind of like the four re- rinse and repeat uh, tournament cycles or whatever you you wanted to call them like we did in 2022 we wanted to focus more on the biggest things um especially because 2023 unlike 22 we want to make that mid-season live global event um Uh you know rather than just like sending teams to hawaii so um we we want to have it played live in front of a bunch of fans and and so we wanted to put kind of like all attention, all the resources that we could into the two biggest, right? Um, so that was that was the focus. And then when you kind of st- take a step back and look at, well, what other opportunities could there be? Um, we're continuing to work with teams and, you know, I'm hopeful that the certain teams will want to kind of, you know, come and, and do something like what uh, the outlaws did, for example, at the launch of the 2022 season where there was a battle for Texas. 
and and we we work with them on like you know if you want to play a rivalry match or if there's a certain team you want to kind of coordinate with to make something like that happen or a number of teams like we we try and stay as flexible as we possibly can on the league to facilitate that we don't want scheduling or um, days of the week or time like opponents we don't want any of that to be a factor that is limiting to them um, as they're trying to get fans into their venues in fact like right now we're as we're building the schedule um, we're we, we do that very thing like hey you know Washington Justice you guys can if you want to have you know your watch parties uh, with fans continue like you know how can we help support that so we're, we're trying to stay flexible on that um but ultimately yeah the the teams um be the ones that uh will be putting it on okay so like if you know i mean i'll use toronto as a specific example They're, they hosted uh the the summer showdown last year and mm-hmm. uh you know i think as far as i have heard from those who were on the ground a really fun you know neat experience it was also uh you know, one of the first times in a long time, both Canadian teams were present. Um, so it was, you know, good to see we're biased in that regard. Obviously, you know, we would love to see more presence in Canada. Um, is there any juice to be shared that that might happen or is it still sort of in conversation, Vancouver, Toronto, they might be thinking about it. Don't know anything yet. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably a better question for the teams, honestly. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll continue to be as you know as flexible and accommodating as we can. Toronto in their summer showdown though got pretty close to uh, taking that thing. They made quite the run. Was, oh, they uh, did, and it would have been glorious if they were to have been able to uh, successfully run all the way to the the end. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, their mojo had started to wane. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, most inopportune time. I think the fuel won that tournament. They mm-hmm. they had, I mean. Hanbin had that uh, that met on on lockdown for yeah. for for worse of Toronto, but was entertaining right. at least. Well, I think you know, and again, I'm I'm putting words into the mouth of the organization here, but uh, they saw the power of the Kaluge family <laughs> uh, in Toronto mm. firsthand, and hey, who is in Toronto now? Mm-hmm. I mean, hey. I think they they figured out how to really capitalize on this. Yeah, I'm excited about Toronto's team this year. Uh, you and and quite a few people, let me tell you, considering uh, they've announced, you know, just recently a couple uh, assistant coaches. One is a friend of our show, Wheats. We love him. Uh, he's supported us uh, ever since he came up to Al. So uh, real exciting uh, to see what's going on in the six. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm curious about um, with the Overwatch League is uh, a note that was discussed about, you know, tournaments in the context of like bye week and I've talked about this on the show there are times when there are very long stretches over the course of the season where fans of a specific team find that they're not as well engaged um, for mm-hmm. you know competitive reasons their team didn't quite make the bar to a particular stage tourney or, or what have you and they can go a month or so without any real you know gameplay yep is that something we'll see change this season? Like, again, I'm only peeking on the, the community update and where you'd sort of mentioned there's things to expect. So, um, first of all, like that balance of having kind of, we think about it in terms of guaranteed number of matches per team actually Mm -hmm. is kind of like our variable that we solve for when we're building the format. Um, and balancing that with, I actually think, 
it, it is a balancing act of, of trying to make sure that there's also um, exciting and like stakes mm-hmm. because yes. to me, those things are actually opposed. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're guaranteeing teams matches, then you don't, then you actually can't have stakes. Um, and so, you know, like we, we think about that a lot in terms of, of that balance because some esports will go full on. It's just tournaments all the time and nobody's guaranteed anything basically. And it's very entertaining. Uh, but it's also really hard as a franchise, uh, to like gain any sort of consistency in, in what you're doing. And so, yeah, like, first of all, I I just thought it'd be helpful to kind of like share how we think about that. Um, as far as 2023 is concerned, the, the mid season break, um, is about a week longer than usual. Um, that being said, uh, the, the last chance qualifier or the play-ins for, uh, for the mid season madness is one of the most kind of inclusive, um, LCQs or play-ins that we've ever had. And so, you know, you'll see almost all teams get up to that point in the, in the calendar. And then, and then two weeks later will be midseason madness. Um, and then the other thing is that we'll actually have a uh, world cup for those two weeks after midseason madness. And so the way that we're kind of working with the teams on this actually is that there's actually, there's quite a few owl teams that, you know, try those teams aren't built yet, but they will be some owl pros in the world cup. And, and so we're, we're working closely with, with the teams themselves to know, you know, how to promote it, uh, working closely with us to make sure that their team, you know, gets some, you know, some love um, throughout. And so that there, there is something to follow. Obviously won't be like the Titans versus the, uh, the defiant, Mm-hmm. But at least there will be the players and the faces and the brands out there kind of promoting Overwatch esports, which um, to me is is what really matters. Like, um, I think I said this on, on Plat Chat, but the, it's really important to me as we continue on with just the evolution of Overwatch esports that there's always something to play in or watch or do. Um, and, you know, that thing may not always be owl and i actually think that's okay uh it could be world cup it could be uh, contenders it could be you know a a really awesome third party tournament or a team tournament that they want to throw on but there but there's always something and so that's a big goal of ours this year um and you know i think you'll see that reflect in kind of like how we're cadencing each of the uh, different programs i have to kind of assume you guys were working I mean, if it wasn't engineered entirely by you guys, you were working pretty closely with uh, whoever was sort of masterminding the World Cup schedule and everything as well. Yep, yep, we built it hand in hand. Um, so, yeah, no, we uh, we're excited about all that's going on this year. I mean, it's like, especially over the next probably month, as the rest of things start to get announced, um, I think people will be happy with with a number of just different stuff to do um so well i I must admit as as a fan of uh, team canada's chances i do hope that the schedule is conducive to not have canada's main tank um 
showcasing the the beta of Overwatch 2 as it was in the last World Cup. It was just unfortunately um, unfortunate timing. Let's just say unfortunate timing indeed. Yeah, no. Uh, and the way we look at it too is is like you know collegiate is another one that's actually we're seeing incredible signups right now for our spring um, tournament our spring season for collegiate. Mm-hmm. And um, we try to be cognizant, like we'll, you know, having contenders finals at the same time as collegiate finals would be like, it would do exactly what you're saying, Chris, where there's plenty of contenders players that also play in collegiate mm-hmm. and we'd be doing them a great disservice. So uh, the way we you know are prioritizing it is mostly by, is actually less by viewer and more by partic- participant. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like what we're prioritizing and how we overlap or not. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, we're, and we talked about this a little bit in, in our conversation last season where, you know, the focus on the player, players, help their opportunities is first and foremost us as a podcast. So it's good to hear that it continues to be the way uh, with yourself and the, and the yeah. league. Um, as we sort of, you know, wrap up our, our time together, uh, the, question i have for you i'm going to ask because i mean every time you join us uh, what more might we see up north here i mean obviously we've got a map in the game with toronto toronto hosted a land event um, we still hope that there will be a battle of canada you know showcasing maple syrup tim hortons and everything else that we could possibly showcase i am and again i'm only using the graphic it doesn't have specific dates but i noticed the start of july is a bye week and there's a missed opportunity to have july 1st canada day it happens to be a saturday to have a showcase mm. event, I, you know, if it's not too late to change things. I think when you guys have Adam, when you have Adam on, you should give him that pitch. I should. Then, okay. Yep. And have him commit and then, and then come on over and we'll, uh, we'll help him out. Okay. Okay. I, I, I will do that when he joins us. We'll, we'll have Adam, uh, you know, get things down, uh, pen to paper here. That's right. Or give him a, have him sign something live. I think that'd be a, yeah, you know, it can yeah. be this the Why syrup not? cup brought to you by RSP. Get a, get our Ooh. branding out there Ooh, too. I like yeah. I, I like it, Jordan. You're 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 thinking with your head sure. there. Thinking with your head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um. So last episode, and this is you know getting off the rails a little bit here. We were talking about the collaboration that's happening in uh, in Overwatch in the actual game, where when uh, One Punch Man was was really the first collab, and I would presume there's probably some others out there. Jordan asked me a question: What would be your dream collaboration? At the time, I was like, I don't know. Like I always joke about how you have uh, David Hasselhoff and Ryan Art to somehow happen, and I would totally buy that that collab. Although I now started thinking it through, it have to be. Knight Rider uh, Hasselhoff, not mm-hmm. Baywatch Hasselhoff. I just, no. I don't think it would suit Reinhardt very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have homework. I had to come up with some additional dream collabs. Uh, we're going to throw you on the spot here. What might be a dream collaboration where you would say, hey, take my money because they, they introduced that skin in the game? Hmm. Let me think here. So... Hmm. I'd say so. I'm a Reinhardt main, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out there just because it's super fresh because I just beat Elden Ring like a couple weeks Ooh. ago. But I would love to see 
a I don't know if you guys have played Elden Ring, but Godfrey. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a Godfrey Reinhardt. That's uh, that's, that's a. I'd spend a lot. Of, I'd spend a lot of money on that's that a game. really good pull yeah. of FromSoft uh, Overwatch collab. That would that would be amazing. They got some awesome designs there that could uh, translate pretty awesome well. Design. Yeah. Maybe like a Genji Melania. No. Ooh. I could buy that ooh. too. Careful now. We don't we don't want the fans <laughs> to get too crazy here. You're stirring the pot now. Too far. <laughs> Uh, I just, I mean, I, I, I talk about it every so often when it comes to collabs. Like I remember, and, and apologies to bring up, you know, somewhat of a competitor in, in Fortnite Battle Royale, but when they introduced the cowbell emote, it went like right back to my, you know, SNL days, which these young people, they see the, the, the gif all the time, but they're not quite understanding what's going on there. It was like, take my money. I, I, I don't even know how much I paid for it because I'm like, I need it. And that's, that was the first one that I, I actually felt compelled. I, in fact, I think I would have been embarrassed for myself. If I had not bought it. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, in fact, the, uh, or we're, I know we're kind of going out on the call of duty, uh, the lion, the Lionel Messi skin. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, yeah. After, you know, Argentina won the world cup and I was yeah. like, yeah, I have, I have to go buy that. Like I, I have to go buy that skin in call mm. of duty now. Well, I mean, you're the real goat in the game if you happen to be the real goat. Exactly. I right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Call of Duty is actually, I think, a good example of where we've seen collabs like uh, uh, was what last year or two holiday seasons ago. You had the the Die Hard collab with, uh, you know, you could be uh, Bruce Willis's character John McClane. And they actually had like Nakatomi Plaza in the game. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what the logistics are in the context of the Overwatch game engine. But that would be kind of cool, like where suddenly you go to play Li Zhang Tower. Uh, I, was, I guess, <laughs> well, no, like there's there's no San Francisco map, so I can't really use Nakatomi Plaza. But like, if suddenly all of a sudden you have to like occupy, like Control Center could very well be Nakatomi. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. different location. Very interesting. I like it. I'm given all the good ideas here. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if I'm taking notes, I'm going to send them to Mr. Specter. Yeah. I, I figure you would just let it, let them know, you know, TMRSP, <laughs> maybe, uh, you know, a, a skin or, or something as a thank you would be very appreciative. Yes. We don't ask for much that or, um, just significant deep pockets to buy that franchise. We just our buy. own skin or our own franchise. We don't ask for much. That's right. Yeah. Simple, <laughs> simple things, things. cheap. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh man. Well, Sean, thanks again for, for taking time out of your schedule to sit down with us. Uh, obviously we're excited that the season is fast approaching. It seems like just yesterday we were complaining about it being a long off season, which we probably were. Um, but uh, it is good to see that, uh, the spring is fast approaching. The flowers are starting to bloom, which in Vancouver is a shame because we might get snow, but it also means the Overwatch League is back. Um, Something we do at the end of most of our shows, we have some final words of wisdom with me. It's always a dad joke. And being a dad yourself, do you have any good dad jokes to to share with our listeners? Well, I mean, there was one. What do you call a uh, cow with no legs? A cow with no legs. Mm -hmm. Ground beef. Oh, there it is. Um, Mm, I get it. I'm surprised Chris didn't didn't have it, but... No, I, I was I was thinking like you know I, I was going down like milk. I was like, ah, that's not going to get. And then I I was like, moo, no, that's not yeah, it. My, I remember that joke because I was like eleven. I swear, <laughs> been preparing all these years. Yeah, all these yeah. years. Yeah, for this yeah. moment. 
Yeah, well, if you if you ever see a baby force and ask her for a joke, her go to is uh, knock knock. Who's there? Who's there? Lettuce. Lettuce who? Lettuce in. It's cold outside. There you go. The problem is then she starts dropping like knock knock who's there crab crab who crab us in it's cold out like she hasn't quite got the nuance of how it oh, works yeah. Yeah. been there but she always gets the first one right hey you know what we're uh she's evolving she's she's building i, I can respect it i can respect it starting them young <laughs> awesome yeah. well Thanks again, Sean, for joining us. You can find him on Twitter. You can share with him all of your phenomenal ideas. Tell him your thoughts uh, about what he had said on the podcast by going to at Sean underscore M Mills uh, on Twitter. And uh, again, hopefully we can have you again uh, back sometime during the season to see if uh, things are lining up where they are. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast. cool um you know he's very laid back i really enjoy the conversation we have um for those that uh, uh obviously weren't present um you know very candid in in the conversation um even you know after we we stopped recording um real good you know casual conversation it's 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 nice to have and i again i understand there are those out there who take you know the competitive scene extremely seriously uh but it's also nice to understand that there are casuals like me i'm not gonna say you. i think you're a little more competitive than i maybe maybe a little bit but i i mean i'm certainly not the most but uh yeah no it was really great talking to sean um and and honestly i was a little bit surprised that he didn't shy away from some of the things we did ask, um, cause I wasn't too sure what, uh, what he would say about, uh, you know, the NetEase partnership and things like that. But, uh, yeah, really easy going, yeah. uh, great conversation. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple things that uh, we thought of collectively, the three of us about, Oh, I should have included that. So for instance, uh, I, I, without letting the full cat out of the bag, uh, he did not disclose what's happening with the, the mid season tournament. Uh, but just that uh, he thinks we'll be really excited, especially once uh, once a location gets announced. And again, I'm not I know nothing. He, he didn't tell us where, um, but based on on some of what he shared. And I think it'd be OK to, to say that he thinks we'll be really excited. It might rhyme with a province called Falberta. And it might okay. not. You, you had the opportunity okay, so, to, to let our listeners know. Jordan had added a handful of questions to our, 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 our question sheet here. And one of them was specifically about uh, Alberta. He was going to use The Last of Us as the segue, uh, which a phenomenal show for someone oh, yes. who actually didn't ever play the game. Oh, man. So I'm learning about the story mm -hmm. through the TV show. Mm -hmm. I'm really enjoying it. And obviously a little biased. I also enjoy a lot of things shot in Canada, sure. which is pretty much everything. But yeah, no, it's, it, it's been incredibly fun to be watching the show and you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's sitting up in the chair, pointing with the cigarette in his hand going, I know that place. I know that place. The, in the most recent episode, there were, there was 
um, a shot of the uh, technical college that I went to. And then, of course, the university that many of my friends also went to. So it was very exciting. Okay, was that in Canmore? Alberta? Uh, Because I know they were shooting in in, around Canmore for a lot of what we saw with the episode. Minor spoilers for the most recent episode, but there were uh, a number of shots in Canmore. Um, The ones I was referring to were at Sate and Mount Royal, which is in Calgary itself, but yeah. 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 And that's okay. Now that you mention it, because I've I've been to both Mm. um, visiting. Now I'm like, ah, that looks familiar. Mm. That might be why. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've been there, but, uh, but yeah, um, I have to also admit I'm disappointed that I didn't get his dad joke like off the top. You know, I, I honestly was like, Oh, Chris, is good. I was like, this seems like an easy enough one. I think, I think Chris will have this. And then, okay. Did you know? No, no. My, my mind also went to moo. I was like, what? Moo, yeah, so no legs. Ooh, somehow dropping the M. I, I didn't know. Not a clue. Well, you know, and it, yeah, it's along the lines of, you know, what do you call a fish with no eyes? Fish. Oh, fish. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, I agree. But I'm like, no, no, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Oh, well, ground beef. Yeah. Hey, speaking of dad jokes, um, if you happen to follow us on, on Twitter, uh, you'll notice we have a series of guests joining us. So this was Sean's episode. Uh, we've got uh, an episode uh, coming up where Baroy, the general manager of the Bank of Titans, will be joining us. We're going to have Kazors, the general manager uh, or head coach, sorry, of the Toronto Defiant joining us. Uh, Adam Adamo, I mean, he joins us every season. He'll be joining us as well. But the one I'm most excited about, it's the Four Dad Show with Papa Punk. He's going to be joining us uh, to talk a little bit about, uh, obviously, the Overwatch League, uh, his uh, son will be playing for the Vancouver Titans and uh, anything else that we can think of. But uh, but yeah, I'm pretty excited with the, the guests we've, we've got confirmed. And I should stress that. We are going to have so many people join us over the course of the season and leading up to it that we've already started trying to figure out, do, do you think weekly episodes is a thing? Like, should maybe we do them more than once a week? Should we have two or three hour shows? Okay. No. <laughs> we should not. My voice can't handle a two or three hour show. What are you talking about? Isn't it one man watch point episode, like an hour and a half, two hours of just you? No, no. This is easy. You can split the load. 45 minutes to an hour at most, but uh, especially now. Hmm. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, as I say, we'll we'll have a, a guest joining us for our regular episode, a regular scheduled episode that'll go live next week. This being a bonus episode. Uh, safe to say we may have further bonus episodes. We have not yet returned to our regular season cadence of episodes every week. Although the way things are going, it might seem like it, right? That's right. Anyhow, on behalf of Ani at Ani Strife, who isn't here again, only because, uh, as, uh, work, uh, life would not allow, uh, Jordan, that's Dr. GM, the host of the one man Watchpoint podcast and myself, Chris at light force signing off this bonus episode with catchphrase. Thank you.